Shalom, brothers and sisters, and welcome to the Mormon Kabbalah Podcast. Well, it's been a while since we've talked about the Book of Mormon on this podcast. In fact, the last podcast dedicated to the Book of Mormon was January 1st, 2021. And we ended in 1 Nephi chapter 1, verse 157 RAV, which for those of you that are unaware is the Community of Christ or RLDS Traditions chapter and versing of the Book of Mormon. And that would be 5-9 in the OPV, Orson Pratt version, which of course is the chapter and versing that the Brighamite Church uses. For those that are unaware, when the Brighamites went out west, when Brigham Young took the saints that decided to follow him out west, they did not own the copyright to the Book of Mormon. And so Orson Pratt made some changes to the chaptering and versing and some other minor changes to it. And they've made other changes over the years so they could gain their own copyright. I don't know enough about copyright laws to say that that's legal or not. I would presume it isn't. But either way, that's why we have different chapters and verses. And there are many different versions of chaptering and versings of the Book of Mormon out there. I use these two because they are the most common. Let's take a look at the text, and I find this interesting. We're jumping in at 158 of chapter 1, verse 158, chapter 1, in the RAV, which would be chapter 5, verse 10 in the OPV. And here it says, After they had given thanks to the God of Israel, my father Lehi took the records which were engraved upon the plates of brass, and he did search them from the beginning. So we are still talking about the plates of brass. We just moved from the actual plates of brass to the Book of Mormon. We talked about the books of Moses. We've talked about the first chapter of Zenos. And now we're talking about Lehi studying this book. What Lehi had before this was an oral tradition. He heard stories. He heard laws. He heard things that were passed down. I get the impression that this is the first time that he's actually been able to really read the scriptures the way that we do. And I think that this idea of everyone having their own set of scriptures, like we do today, I don't think we understand how rare and valuable this is. For crying out loud, at one point in Western history, Christian churches kept a Bible chained to the church. So if someone wanted to read, they would know who was doing the reading and they'd be able to watch them read and study. They had to leave it there. So this idea of being able to just have your own scriptures like we do now and having it available for free online even, I mean, this is a luxury. We, we live in a very, very miraculous and amazing time that we have such great access to the scriptures. So imagine, imagine growing up in a region where religion is a huge part of your culture. And now as an adult with Four sons that are old enough to be sent back to Jerusalem to get these brass plates. Now, for the first time, you're really able to pour over the scriptures that other people have been reading to you. Now, that said, I do want to backtrack a little bit and say that there may have been some scrolls of texts that were read. So this may just be the first complete text. But either way, either way you want to look at this. For Lehi, this would be like you really getting your first full set of scriptures. Maybe you had the book of Isaiah and the book of Psalms. Maybe you had the Gospel of Luke. 
And those are what your your local congregation had and you read from, and you got to study those. And you built your personal relationship with God. But now you've got all the scriptures. And so what does he do? He searched them. He didn't look at them. He didn't read them. He didn't study them. He searched them from the beginning. That is very meaningful for me. I think that that's how we should study the scriptures. We need to search them. It's not a story to read. It's an opportunity. When we have the scriptures and we're reading the scriptures, it's an opportunity to know God from the writings, the prophetic writings of others. So what does he discover here? He has the five books of Moses, it says, and we have those today. So we also can search the same five books of Moses that Lehi, Nephi, and their posterity had access to. And as we know, that gave an account of the creation of the world. And I will say that the chapters at the beginning of 1 Moses do give a more detailed account than Genesis on the creation of the world. I don't say that to put down or talk of Genesis despairingly. It just adds another perspective. It gives us more to search, more to read, more to understand as we're able to compare the Torah of Judea and the Torah of Joseph here, the Torah of Ephraim. It also tells the story of Adam and Eve, who were our first parents, and also the record of the Jews from the beginning, even down to the commencement of the reign of Zedekiah, the king of Judah. Now here, I, I do want to say, I don't think that when the term Jews is used here in the Book of Mormon, I don't think that we should read this the same way as we see modern Judaism as in the religion. I think that we need to understand this as the Jews being the people of Judea, regardless of what tribe they are from. Because the people of Judea were eventually called the Jews, but they're not all part of the tribe of Judah. There are many different tribes in their genealogies, including the Levites, so they wouldn't be able to do the sacrifices. Obviously, the tribe of Joseph is here because, because Lehi and Ishmael are going to leave Jerusalem, and they are both from the stick of Joseph. So please don't read a modern understanding of Jew here when you're reading these, these scriptures. Verse 162 in the REV and 13a in the OPV. And also the prophecies of the holy prophets from the beginning, even down to the commencement of the reign of Zedekiah. And also many prophecies which have been spoken by the mouth of Jeremiah. Now I have not taken the time to read the book of Jeremiah, or whatever it's called, in the plates of brass yet. So one thing I've always wondered, and I still wonder, is, is this a portion of the book of Jeremiah? Is it a different book of Jeremiah? Is it the book of Jeremiah that we have and we know? I, I don't know. And I I'm, I'm, don't know that I will be the person to discover that. I've said before, and I'll say it again, the plates of brass are massive. And so translating them, editing them, and getting them out, I'm not sure that I'm going to be the person that does all of it. It is in the Lord's hands. It is whatever the Lord desires to happen. But looking at this, these seem to be the things that Nephi found to be the most important. The creation, our first parents, the history of his country and his people, the prophecies of the holy prophets, and also recent prophecies from one of the recent prophets. So you can see the order here, where we came from, the past and the present, and because of prophecies, obviously the future. Then it goes on to say in verse 164 REV, 
14a OPV. And it came to pass that my father Lehi also found upon the plates of brass a genealogy of his fathers. Wherefore, he knew that he was a descendant of Joseph. Yea, even that Joseph, who was the son of Jacob, who was sold into Egypt, who was preserved by the hand of the Lord, that he might preserve his father Jacob and all his household from perishing with famine. Now, reading that, it doesn't make it very clear. Is this actually a line-by-line -line genealogy, this person begat this person? Or is this merely because this is the plates of brass that he was told to go get, to receive, and it has the book of Joseph in it, that's what Second Moses is, does he just presume this? And I think that's an important and valid question to ask, because we, when we read the scriptures, need to make sure that we go to the Lord and not presume anything. Now, those of you that are familiar with Book Mormon, you know what's going to come after this, what the next verses are going to say. But I'm going to ignore that for a moment. Just bear with me because I'm trying to make a point here. We cannot just read into the scriptures whatever we want. They can't just tell whatever narrative we desire to hear at that time. So please keep that in mind as you're studying the scriptures. Do so prayerfully and with the Spirit. Now that said, in verse 167, the REV, 16a, the OPV, it says that my father Lehi did discover a genealogy of his fathers, and Laban also was a descendant of Joseph. Wherefore, he and his fathers kept the records. So we know that the so-and-so begat so-and-so is actually in here. And that makes sense because when you look at the Torah of Moses from the plates of brass, it does have genealogies in there as well. And genealogy just seemed to be something that was very, very important to these people. Just like it's important to many Latter-day Saints today. We're, having, we're establishing a pattern here. We're showing what's important. We're showing that he didn't just read or study, but he searched the scriptures. And what was the result? Chapter 1, verse 169a in the REV, 517 in the OPV. And now when my father saw all these things, he was filled with the Spirit and began to prophesy concerning his seed. Now, this is important. We are blessed when we build our relationship with God, when we search the scriptures, not just read them. When we pray earnestly and listen for the voice of the Lord to come to us and talk to us, that is the pattern. You can look at what other people did. You know, Joseph Smith getting the gold plates, Joshua or Jeremiah receiving their calls, Zenos receiving his call. But those are all individuals. And the way that they received their calls were all different. What they have in common is that they had a revelatory experience. They received revelation. Because they were willing to listen to the Lord and grow to that degree. Now what's interesting here is it says that he prophesied that these plates of brass should go forth unto all nations, kindred tongues, and people who were of his seed. Wherefore he said that the plates of brass should never perish, neither should they be dimmed any more by time. And he prophesied many things concerning his seed. Now I want to look at this and let's go to the plates of brass. Just like the Book of Mormon has a cover page. The Torah of Moses, which this really is the cover page of the entire plates of brass. But it says, to the descendants of Joseph to be kept hidden from the world until the last days. By the power of Yavah, these plates of brass shall not perish. Neither shall they be dimmed by time. 
But Yavah Elohim shall preserve these words to go forth unto all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people from the mouths of those who are of the seed of Joseph. Sound familiar? It should. That's very similar to the prophecy that we just heard from Lehi. The plates of brass should go forth to all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people. These plates of brass should never perish, neither should they be dimmed any more by time. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that when you read a truth, you bear testimony of that truth. I think that Lehi is prophesying here, rewording what that title page says, and he's testifying, these words are true. These plates of brass are going to come forth at the last days. And then he has his own more unique prophecies. He prophesied many things concerning his seed. And those many things of the seeds are not part of the plates of brass, and so it's separating them out. He's testifying of the truth that he just read, and now he's adding to that truth by talking about his descendants. Now we're going to wrap up chapter 1 here. And keep in mind that Nephi is writing this long after all of it happened. And he says, And it came to pass that thus far, up until this point, I and my father had kept the commandments wherein the Lord had commanded us. And that's chapter 1, verse 172 in the REV, chapter 5, verse 20 in the OPV. But he knows that things are going to change. And so he says, thus far. And this idea of thus far is something that is kind of a theme in the Book of Mormon. Because the Nephites do not endure to the end. They end up succumbing to their own pride, getting destroyed by the Lamanites, and for the most part, completely wiped out. And eventually they, they die out. They join the Lamanites, or they die out. And so this, in my mind, is a good ending to this chapter. I can see why... This chapter ends here because they've gotten thus far. And at this point in their journey, they think, hey, we've left. We're in a safe place. We're good. But what they have yet to learn is that their journey hasn't even really even begun yet. Verse 173 in the REV, 521 in the OPV. And we had obtained the records which the Lord had commanded us and searched them and found that they were desirable, yea, even of great worth unto us, insomuch that we could preserve the commandments of the Lord unto our children. Wherefore, it was wisdom in the Lord that we should carry them with us as we journeyed the wilderness towards our land of promise. This is, this is key information here to me. Because, again, we don't understand how special and unique it is that we have access to the Scriptures. It's funny how... We have books everywhere. There's so many books that people have the option not to read, and they choose it. Whereas in many points of human history, books were a luxury. They were for the rich. They were not easily obtained. And they weren't always even desirable because a lot of people couldn't even read. This chapter begins with I, Nephi, being born of goodly parents. Therefore, I was taught the language. I was taught to read and write. And then it ends this chapter, as it was originally put down in the Book of Mormon, as Joseph Smith published it, it ends talking about the wisdom of the Lord and carrying the scriptures with you as you journey through the wilderness that is this life. I'm going to say it that way. It doesn't matter if they were in a literal wilderness or a spiritual wilderness. The scriptures are something that we can carry with us as we are learning about God, learning about the creation, learning about where we came from, learning about our ancestors, and prophesying, reading the prophecies of the future, 
and then being enlightened by the Holy Spirit to receive our own prophecies of the future. The scriptures are of such great worth to us. And I want to say it's not just about preserving the commandments of the Lord. It's so much more. Because by having these scriptures, we can build a relationship so that we can receive our own instructions of the Lord. We are called to be, as Latter-day Saints, a prophetic people. We are called to be like Joseph Smith and Lehi, leaving, walking away from the establishments of mankind and traveling into the wilderness. Now, Lehi did this literally. He literally packed up his family and went into the wilderness, crossed an ocean to a, another place. Joseph Smith was called into the wilderness. There's all these churches here, all these things that were already pre-built. And the Lord told him, no, that's not for you. I want you to travel into the wilderness. Now, yes, later on, this was the 1800s. So he did literally go into the wilderness. He went to Ohio. He went to Missouri. He went to Nauvoo. So he did travel into a literal wilderness. But it wasn't as unestablished as the wilderness that Lehi took his family into. And now today, there are still all these organizations of men that care so much about the organizations. They're not as worried as they should be about the individual. The interesting thing about Kabbalah is that Kabbalah is about your personal journey into the wilderness and getting to know God, building a personal relationship with God. And yet it's not something we do alone. Because if we study it alone, then we only have our own finite resources to help us to interpret and understand the things of the Spirit. And the things of the Spirit, I mean, don't get me wrong, God is all-knowing. God can tell us what we need to know in a way that we need to understand it. And he does that many, many times by allowing us and encouraging us to converse one with another and not merely just read scriptures on our own. Science says that human beings are a social species. We do better in groups. And I want to tell you that I believe that that is true, not merely because of sociological and historical evidence that scientists and archaeologists and others come up with. I think it's true because it's true on a deeply spiritual level. I think that God wants us to understand that we need each other in all things. I saw something recently talking about picking yourself up by your bootstraps. Could you imagine if Lehi would have picked himself up by his bootstraps? He would have left his wife and his children behind. Or maybe he takes him out there, but then he's the one that goes in and gets the plates. Or he just sends Nephi. But look at the learning experience that everyone gained and that we gained by taking his family with him, by sending his sons, even the rebellious ones. It gave Laman and Lemuel an opportunity to repent. Now, ultimately, they choose not to accept it, but allowing them the opportunity gives them greater access to their free agency. Laman and Lemuel saw many miracles. They saw many of their father's prophecies come true. And yet they still walked away because the letter of the law was more important to them than the spirit of the law. So I want to be clear that when it talks about in verse 173, RAV 21 and the LPV in chapters 1 and 5, respectively, he says that they searched the scriptures and found that they were desirable, a great worth. I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters, to search the scriptures. Because I will testify to you that they are very desirable. 
I don't personally like the idea of translating whatever the original word was into commandments. I prefer teachings. Just like with to the Torah, I don't like to call the Torah the law. I prefer to call it the instructions. We teach our children. We instruct our children. Because when you command your children, I don't know about you, I've got seven kids, and I can tell you that if I were to try to command them, it, it doesn't really work. But if I love them, and I teach them, and I instruct them, then they have the choice, the free agency, to choose for themselves what is right and what is wrong, and the consequences of their choice. That's what God does with us. And so let's search the scriptures. Let's see just how desirable they are. And then I promise you, brothers and sisters, if you do this, and you, you start building your relationship or you expand, you deepen your personal relationship with the Lord, you too will see that it is wisdom that we should carry our scriptures as we journey in the wilderness towards the land of promise. Because in one aspect, because we are Christians, we do have Jesus Christ, we're there. We're in the land of promise. The land of promise, the church is us and the kingdom is in us. We need a map. We need to know how to test the spirits. We need to know, is this me talking to myself? Is this God talking to me? The scriptures can help us identify this. Talking to one another can help us identify this. I want to leave you with two questions. I want you to think about as we move forward and tell the next podcast on the Book of Mormon. The first question I'm going to ask you is, what do the scriptures mean to you? And my second question is, this is a, a Mormon Kabbalah podcast. We are once again talking about the Book of Mormon. I'm very excited to get back to it because I love the Book of Mormon. I want to ask you, what does the Book of Mormon mean to you? There's a lot of controversy around it. But what does it mean to you? What does it say to you? What is its role in the overarching theme of the gospel of Jesus Christ? The scriptures and how they relate to you? And when you first received the Book of Mormon, do you see that moment similar to the way that Lehi felt when he first was able to read the plates of brass as we saw here? Can you read it as a Kabbalistic book? When you're reading it in any of the scriptures, do you see your own desires? Do you see it as a book about yourself? Just a couple of questions you think about until we're able to meet again the next time. And until next time, Shalom and God bless.